You can open with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. And I want to begin with some searching questions. Brothers and sisters, are we wanting to meet the Lord in this hour? Are we wanting to meet him this week? Are we hungering for the word of God? Are we thirsting for his presence? We have an opportunity right now to set our our minds to seek the Lord. And I hope the Lord moves us in this way as we look at this passage. Just yesterday, um, the passage from Psalm 85 that Andrew shared was uh, such a challenge to me. And one phrase really struck me. Verse 8 says, let me hear what, what God the Lord will speak. And I really long for that to be my, my desire in, in coming to God's word each time to have that, that longing to hear from the Lord. And I hope that will be our prayer now. Let's pray before we go further. Oh, Lord, you are the great and mighty God who has given us the revelation about yourself in your word. And we're coming now to your word and asking for you to speak to us and asking for you to open our hearts to receive your word and to close our hearts to other distractions and anything that would lead us away from your intended purposes for us. Please work in us by your spirit and thank you that you accept us because of our Savior Jesus, his blood that cleanses us from all sin, gives us this boldness to come to you now. Amen. Before we read this account in Nehemiah chapter 8, I went, want to mention that though this passage can help us Think about our methodology of giving God's word and receiving God's word. It doesn't seem to be the primary purpose of the passage. Rather, rather than how to, this passage is, is about how God, how God is working and was working in his people. And so I, I titled this, Behold the Marvelous Reviving of the Lord. Here in this passage, we behold the amazing love of our God, his mercy toward his people who rebelled against him, who forsook him in so many ways. And, and as a good loving father, he led them into discipline. He, he um, sent them to foreign nations for 70 years. But then here is, he's been bringing them back. Remnant, a remnant is coming back to Israel and um, some 90 years after uh, the first group went with Zerubbabel, we have this passage here, uh, a good many years after several groups have been coming back to the land of Israel. And as I looked at this passage today, it just, it just stunned me at God's marvelous work in Israel as really a, a kind of a pinnacle in Israel's history here of God restoring them. And I hope as we read this, that you will have that heart of worship saying, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. And I hope that it will renew our hunger and thirst for a similar work of God in our own lives. 
in our own families and churches, our communities, that we would see God's reviving work like this. This is uh, a passage that addresses Israel gathering together at the Feast of Tabernacles, and they're going to gather to read the law of Moses as, as Moses commanded uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 3 to happen every seven years. And, uh, and yet it's very, it's beautiful to see the details of what happened in the hearts of Israel as they gathered this large group of people. Let's read now. I'm reading from the New King James, Nehemiah chapter 8. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra, this priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Seventh month. Then he read from it in, in the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday before the men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. So Ezra the scribe stood on a platform of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him at his right hand stood, I won't read all their names, stood six men. And at the left hand, other names, seven men. In verse five, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. Then all the people answered, Amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Verse 9, and Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. This is the word of the Lord. This is a true story of God's work among his people. And I want to uh, briefly go through six points of evidence of God's working in these people, his people. First of all, you see there's a unity around the word. In verse one, now all the people gathered as one man in the open square. This is a, a large group of people. They estimate 30 to 50,000 people gathering at this occasion. And Ezra notes that 
30 to 50,000 people are one man. There's a profound unity that's taking place. Of course, these are all Jews, but these are Jews that are coming out of exile from very different backgrounds, very different opinions. If you ask them about their opinions about politics, they probably would have differing opinions, but they were not there to discuss politics or policies. They were there unified by a desire to hear and obey the word of God. Their craving for God's word brought them together in this unity. And so it is with all those who God revives. He, he works in their hearts to give them that desire to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And, and to really believe that it is good and pleasant when brothers dwell in unity. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Psalm 133. So you see this unity around the word, but you also see linked together with that is the appetite for the word. The people did not come as a request of Ezra. Ezra came as a request of the people. The people came to Ezra and said, bring the book. We want to hear the word. They, they didn't want Ezra to come and, and bring his opinions. They didn't want him to come and bring his ideas of reform or his, his stories of spiritual experiences. All these things have their place. We can share about these things. But what they wanted, what they craved was the word of God. And this is a sign of God's working in people who, who have this hunger for the, the perfect, pure word of God. They knew that the law of the Lord was perfect. It revives the soul. It rejoices the heart. It enlightens the eyes. And so the people came with this hunger. They wanted to hear from the Lord. And then we see third, this attentiveness to the word. In verse three, when here is Ezra standing on a platform with multiple um, men, probably taking turns reading the word, they, they're reading all morning long says from they read from morning until midday if 6 a.m was morning and midday is noon that's six hours and it says and the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law six hours of reading god's word with explanations as well and the people were attentive that's a supernatural work of god when god inclines the heart of people to want to receive his word it's an evidence of the spirit working. And then we see in verse five as well. And Ezra opened the book or here it, it is a scroll in the sight of all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Notice when, when he's, he's opening the word, there's such an anticipation and longing to hear the word of God that you can't just sit back and stay down. You've got to lean forward and, and get up and get ready to hear the word of God. When you're in a large crowd, and you want to hear you stand up you want to be able to be up where the sound can get to you here's without you know modern amplification back then and and so here the the bodily posture is is there straining forward leaning forward this anticipation longing to catch the words of god because they're so precious this is something that i i've been delighted to witness in in some occasions here in ministry and even this year um, a sister in Christ that I've been teaching in her 50s, uh, oftentimes when 
when I'm preaching or another is preaching, she sits on the front row uh, of, uh, of the church. And, and oftentimes I see her leaning forward with, with just her whole, her whole body, just longing to catch every word. And that is something that's such a, such a thrill to me an encouragement to see God giving that in, inclining of the heart to his word. Does that describe us? Do we come to God's word like that? We, we hear it so often. We have so many opportunities to hear it each, each week. We come with just a, a lazy mindset or maybe a skeptical mindset, or do we come with that, that, that hunger that I, I'm ready, I'm longing to hear the word of God. This is an evidence of God's working in our lives when we do have that attentiveness to the word. And then four, we see a responsiveness to the presence of the Lord. Those people, the people stood up. They were anticipating the reading of the word, but instead of Ezra jumping right in to his reading in verse six, Ezra pauses before his reading to pray. He prays a prayer of benediction, which we don't have included, but he's wanting to lead the people into the presence of God. And when he does this, the people, how do they respond? You see, there's, there's a, a real response in their hearts. They all inside that there there's a thrill in their hearts when when he says now let's pray they're all joining right in there with Ezra as he's leading in corporate prayer you can tell because he finishes his prayer and just imagine 50,000 people saying amen amen that's what it says it says all the people this eruption of amen sounding throughout the whole city of Jerusalem. Out of the abundance of their heart, they were speaking. Their hearts were moved. Their hearts had been conditioned by God. His, he was inclining them to him. And so when this prayer is prayed, their hearts are just praying right along with it, as, as we've experienced here, the joining of our hearts together and the amen. Yes, it is so. I, I agree right with you. But this, it goes on. The text doesn't end there. It says, that they were lifting up their hands and yet it's not an irreverent spectacle at all. It goes on to say that verse six, it says they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They're not even getting to the word yet. This is the opening prayer and people are falling on their faces before the Lord. So overcome by his holiness, by his majesty and greatness they're, they're humbled down in the dust because God was at work, humbling their hearts, making them aware of his presence that was there and making them ready to hear his word. And this is, is this not what we pray for, that God would come among us in this way, that as the word of God comes, the hearts are just completely ready because they're humbled before him, aware of his presence, responding to his very presence goes on in verse 9 to give the fifth evidence of the work of God, a conviction, conviction from the word of God. It says in verse 9, for all the people wept when they heard the word of the law. Now we have the sound of weeping filling Jerusalem, and so much so that the Levite leaders are asking the people to stop multiple times. They keep saying, don't, don't keep crying, keep mourning. And perhaps this is, uh, perhaps is interrupting the reading of the word and the explaining of the word as many revivals as have happened. If, 
if you've read some from other revivals, sometimes the sound of, of weeping and people and repentance to drown out everything else. But here they're asking them to stop, reminding them that this is a day holy to the Lord, and we are to rejoice as well and not not weep to the extreme. We we do have a sorrow, but we should our sorrow should lead to repentance and have the joy of the Lord as our strength. And that's the sixth uh, and final the final evidence of God's marvelous work is the joy that came from the word. And it, it ends in this whole section, verse 12, that they rejoiced greatly because they understood the words that were declared to them. As Jeremiah said in, in chapter 15, verse 16, your words were found and I ate them and your words became to me a joy and delight of my heart. The, the people of God were so hungry for God's word. And when they had six hours of it, they left full and full of joy. And as, as Psalm 40 verse eight says, I, I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. A prayer that Jesus prayed as Hebrews tells us their delight was to hear and do the word of God. And, and the law was received in their hearts. This is a marvelous work of God. And here we behold this with this longing, Lord, please come down again in the midst of your people. Please unify us around the word like this. Please increase our appetite for your word and give us an attentiveness to it. Incline our hearts to be ever so sensitive and responsive to your presence and humble us in the dust before your holiness. Let us truly experience, Lord, the outpouring of your spirit that's accompanied by sorrow for sin and that ends with this great joy that follows. Or we pray as Psalm 85, Lord, will you not revive us again like this, that your people may rejoice in you. Amen.